Good evening. I'm a little bit late, but hey, better late than never. Welcome. I just want to make sure that as you jump on that I have this working again. I always have to make sure that I get a thumbs up from the people listening, from anybody who's jumped on. If you're watching on replay, give me a hashtag replay and let me know what your biggest takeaway was in this call because times are getting a little bit furry right now. They're getting a little bit crazy and uh, I really want to give this training for you to help you get ready and to prepare you for what's coming out if you want to speak your truth out in social media and how to respond when you're being attacked and this isn't just social media this is socially this this is a life skill that you can take with you for the rest of your life let me know hey Yanni hey Michelle welcome just wanted to also welcome we've had like 50 new people in this group over the last like two days alone um, it's growing people are starting to share and if you got invited if you're hearing uh, about this uh, group for the first time this community for the very first time let us know where you're from I'd love to hear from you you were invited in here likely by somebody who cares very deeply for you who wants you to learn skills to become to self-assess and to self-regulate because when we do, when we learn these skills, your trigger I call it your trigger-proof toolkit. When you really learn these skills, what happens is your interpersonal relationships start to transform. And the hallmark, the holy grail of human existence that you're going to achieve in interpersonal relationships will be your ability to create secure attachments at home. I stand for healed families at home. I stand for healed families because that's where healthy bodies will come from. I stand for healed families because with open loops in our relationships, anxiety starts to creep in. Those open loops, your soul, your psyche wants closed. They want completion. These open loops prevent us from being whole and healing means to make whole. And so I've been a chiropractor for the last 18 years helping people on a stress you know, with stress-related problems, helping them heal and to empower themselves and to uh, learn how to regulate their nervous systems and to self-heal. And on that journey, I've learned a few tricks and formulated a methodology that's a active meditation, which I call the overview, med overview method. It's an active meditation that is um, customized to your own wounding. It's really powerful. It connects you with the younger parts of you that you might have abandoned as a child. You might have uh, kind of for the sake of, in service of safety, in the service of fitting in, in the service of belonging, in the service of being good, in the service of being like a good little girl or a good little boy, we abandon those younger parts of ourselves and in our 20s, 30s, 40s, when relationships start falling apart, our bodies start falling apart, uh, our, we feel disconnected from purpose and we say the question, is this all there is to life? This is kind of like our kind of dark night of the soul that and, and allows us to go and look back at all of those old stories, look back at all of those old uh, complexes, those old primitive relationships that we're in and gives us an opportunity if we're willing to, to, to get uncomfortable and take responsibility to go back and to reconnect with those younger parts. Hey Shannon, 
Uh, I used to hate the thought of it. My feelings would get so hurt. Now I welcome it. I love seeing people's reactions, how they view things. I no longer just stuck in my own views. I love being able to see things from all angles. It fascinates me. Exactly, Shannon. You've gone, that's because of the work you've done over the last, I don't know, six months, eight months. You've gone from a place of victimhood which you're holding on to and which is normal when we're at our child, our child mind or our younger, younger selves that we've abandoned still want mommy and daddy to see us and rescue us. And because uh, they can't or they don't have that av availability, we start to transfer it over into other people and interesting things happen when we get triggered. I want you to now, like we're going to talk about in the concept of being attacked of when you do a post, especially right now during these COVID times, we have people with all varying degrees of, you know, I completely trust the government and mainstream media and we'll do everything they say to, my gosh, you know, the earth is flat. You know, like we have everything in the middle and in between, right? I personally, I'm not telling you what to believe. Personally, I'm in the middle. I don't have conspiracy theories. I don't call them conspiracy theories. I believe that they're dominance hierarchies, <clears throat> that people who have the money and the power, uh, corporations, and, and you know, as an entrepreneur, I can respect Bill Gates, somebody like Bill Gates because he's an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, he created Microsoft and he's, you know, and he created it in a way where it was like trying to monopolize it. it's very smart business even though he was sued by the government uh, and, and, and found guilty of antitrust laws of trying to monopolize that he leaves and then starts a charity the B Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation and you know starts to do the same thing and I don't think that it's a conspiracy it's just smart business Okay, I, I've completely reframed it. For me to go, conspiracy, it's a conspiracy. I'm putting myself in a place of a victim, whereas it's just a dominance hierarchy. Jordan Peterson calls this dominance hierarchies. Excuse me, I have an itch here. A dominance hierarchy is if you start to develop and build your business and start to climb that ladder, you have more people, there's more power, there's more responsibility, but that's, you know, that's, built and built and built, the ones at the top are the ones with the power. We're not victims, we're just in a dominance hierarchy. Nobody's out to get me, I'm just, they're not out to get me, they're just in a dominance hierarchy looking to expand their power. This is how nature works, this is, na nature functions this way. I can sit here, weep and wail and fight the power, fight the power, or I could actually, you know, it's like those, those people uh, who were like, fight the power, you know, w w in the 80s, the rappers, fight the power, fight the power. Like, for example, Jay-Z would be one of those guys. Now he is one of the powerful ones. He's not saying fight the power anymore. You know what I mean? So it's a dominance hierarchy. And it's, I don't call it a conspiracy theory. I think it's just smart business. It's just intelligent business. That's essentially what it is. These are people in business and they have ties with, Drug companies, drug companies have ties with government and they make policy. So I'm not a, I'm not a, a victim to any of that. I just, I'm in the middle. I see it happening. And then I'm not, then there's the far on the other side, on the left side, which is the government, it, you know, they, we, we should trust everything that they say and the, everything that the mainstream media says. So we have these two extremes. Okay. And what's going to happen is you're going to share what your opinion is. And what happens is people will listen to it 
and all of a sudden get triggered. And this is very important to understand so that when you really get this, you can, you can show up objectively and not turn this into a personal thing. So here's the coolest part. One of my closest friends is a philosophy major and we've been friends for like 20 years and our careers have developed. He's a philosophy professor teaching critical thinking. So he's very anti-conspiracy and he was also anti-chiropractic for the longest time. He would, he would call me a quack and we were on opposite ends and we both kind of have, have uh, developed our careers. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's been watching me and just by talking to me, his views have become more moderate and so have mine. So I've kind of gotten in more into the center. We're still on our different points, but here's the key component to it we still are friends. We can disagree on those political views. We can disagree on philosophical matters, on vaccinations, on, you know, Bill Gates and all that shit, and still not make personal attacks at one another's character, ad hominem attacks. We don't have to go there. The reason why we tend to go there is that's our child emotional mind. That's our, that's my inner child. That's my wounded inner child. See, to, to, to solve this, this whole dilemma, to help you solve this whole dilemma, I want you to really write down and get from a felt sense level that everyone, the most rarest experience for a human being is to be seen, heard, loved, and understood for who we are. Let me say that again. The rarest experience for a human being growing up, especially if you have a Persian or a Greek or a Asian, like anything ethnic, <laughs> anything ethnic and you're fucked because your parents had no ability to really see you. It was all based on ego. It was all based on raising you to, to look good for themselves and to be good because that's how they were raised. Can I get an amen if you know what I'm talking about? And so because of that upbringing, not having your reality validated, not feeling heard and understood is a trauma for most of us, okay? Myself included. So being seen, being heard for who we are is the rarest experience. So what we do is we put on a mask and we hide our truth. We hide our voice. We hide our inner voice. We hide our uh, speaking our authentic voice because growing up, we had the experience that to, to speak our authentic voice got silenced and suppressed. <gasps> so there's a trauma in our bodies that are still there. This is what you're seeing on social media. And so a couple days ago, a couple of, of last week, I put up a post that said in my, my Facebook group, not in my Facebook group, in, uh, in my, just my profile that said, empaths are closet narcissists. Now, I did that kind of on purpose because the work that I do is designed to help dissolve labels and challenge the current conversation about mental well-being as far as a diagnosis. I look at my, my lens of viewing mental well-being comes from the lens of trauma, that everything that you're going through, all of your anxiety, if you have bipolar, if you've been diagnosed with anything, even schizophrenia, that it's an adaptation to trauma. And the trauma didn't start with you. I don't think so much as it's so much genetic as it is 
intergenerational trauma passed one generation down to another. You're raised in the same way that your parents were raised. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just how it goes. And so, because, and these are not disorders. Here's the other part that, that I'm trying to challenge. I'm trying to get this message out there that these are not disorders to be ashamed of. There's no stigma there. It's just an adaptation to trauma. Not only that, they're actually highly intelligent adaptations to trauma. So if I had an experience growing up, many of our clients who have suffer from codependency, who are neediness in relationships, or, or what we call anxious attached, who, who are like the codependent side, this is a lot of people reach out to me who are in that situation, the first part of healing has to, to show them that there's nothing to be ashamed of about that. There's no stigma. It's a highly intelligent, adaptive feature for a child who's like, you know, a year old to have a mother who is not really attuned to them, is there one minute, not another, who is dealing with mental illness issues of their own, who's dealing with um, uh, addictions and alcohol and drugs and going from one, you know, partner to another and so your experience as a child if you if you were raised in that kind of environment it's very intelligently adaptive for you to become anxious attached you become highly attuned highly sensitized to the feelings of others highly empathic just by the tone of someone's voice or a facial expression you then start to go, oh, is something wrong? You, be, you, you be, get very good at, at, at abandoning yourself to anticipate the needs of mom or dad, and that's not something to be ashamed of, that's something to be celebrated, all right? This is, this is how we change the stigma. We don't label it, we don't make you wrong, we just help you understand from a nervous system perspective. So I'm trying to change the narrative. So in order to do that, I gotta kind of irritate some people and challenge labels. So people walking around saying, I'm an empath, and they wear it as a badge. I'm like, you know what, don't wear it so much as a badge. My point was is that empaths are closet narcissists. They're, especially if you're, if you're unconscious, blind empath, you're doing it to please another person, it's completely selfish. When you, I've had people read that, they wake up and they're like, holy crap, that just triggered me and I realized that uh, this is how I've been playing and it's time for me to stop doing that and I mean and so it's designed to wake people up now if you're a psychotherapist which is one gentleman who was in my uh, in my a friend from like 20 years ago we knew each other back when we were kids he went the psychotherapy route he was highly triggered and he started attacking me and so here I am going whoa what the fuck I'm feeling misunderstood and I'm getting triggered and I'm going back and forth with him and I just realized I got sucked into the drama. So what, as always, my mess is my message and I usually love to, I've created a methodology that takes your, inter, in, like your trigger in real time and instead of going out and attacking this way, you go inside and fill the cracks in the floorboard with what this is really all about and gain wisdom from that and turn turn the trigger into deeper self-love and the conflict into deeper intimacy this is really what the whole method is all about right hey jake what's up my dad remembers as a child having children should be seen not heard dude i've heard that a million times children should be seen not heard exactly 
So when this guy started attacking me and he started calling me out for not having, uh, like for, for, for being, this is what he said. He said, you're being dangerous. You might be a great chiropractor and a great inspirational whatever, but uh, he just started saying that you're, you're misleading people. You are, uh, you're, you're out of context. You're not, um, uh, you know, all sorts of, you know, the, the typical stuff that I've, I've been hearing as a chiropractor pretty much all my career. But boom, it just came at me and I was like, whoa. So I went back, we went back and forth a while and it was painful. And so it brought me back to my younger parts, the younger self, where I felt not seen, not heard, misunderstood, attacked. And it was my 15 year old self when I was being raised in a predominantly white neighborhood, uh, like a white little white town I was the only brown kid in a white town and I felt I felt like I was bullied again and so that gave me a really interesting opportunity to reconnect to journal and to revisit that younger part of me that I abandoned when I was being bullied see when you're bullied when you're attacked it's not that's not the worst part of it the worst part of when you're getting bullied, when you're getting attacked, when people are saying nasty things to you, the worst part of it is not what they're saying. The worst part of it is that they are reflecting what you're already saying to yourself. Let me say that again. It's not the words that they're using to say to you. The worst part of it is that we are using that as a, we turn around and we start bullying ourselves. We judge, we abandon, we blame, and we shame ourselves. Jabs, as my good friend, Dr. Russell Kennedy taught me. The second you're triggered, you will turn around and judge yourself and join the bullying. Abandon yourself, blame yourself, and shame yourself, but your ego won't see it. If you were to just let your ego drop for a second, which is like work in and of itself, and actually get into the pain of it, you're gonna acknowledge <clears throat> that you actually are doing that to yourself. And that's the work. This is the work. So what to do when you're being attacked, and we just literally just got off a group call right now with my, um, uh, my powerfully aligned uh, students, my clients. We just went over this exact thing. And what I had everybody do, which I'd love for you to do if you're willing to go through with this, how do you go about asking your mom what the hell was going on in her house when I was a young kid? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Hey, Kelly, we missed you on the call today, hon. Uh, definitely jump back on. I promise you you're, you're, this would be very relevant for you. What you want to do is I had everybody do this, and I'd like for you to do this as well if you're kind of engaging. I want you to engage with me right now. The last time you had that conflict when you felt attacked, how old did you feel? This is the question I want you to ask. If this has been going on, and, and I, don't, I don't mind what side of the fence you are in the whole political debate about the whole COVID and the vaccines and all, it's not my concern. Even if you 100% disagree with me, you think I'm being a conspiracy theorist or you think I'm not conspiracy theorist enough, it's interesting, depends where you are on the cycle, uh, on the spectrum. Wherever you are, doesn't matter. I don't have to, we don't have to agree for me to love you, okay? My question is, whenever this is coming up, how old do you feel? That's the question you wanna ask. How old do you feel when this is coming up? 
how old do you feel? Okay, so people were writing all sorts of stuff. Oh, cancel here, let me, let me just, there we go. So how old is it that you feel? Okay, um, and once you see that, once you see that, that is how you heal. So in other words, the trigger becomes the portal for you to go and reconnect with the part of you you judged, abandoned, blamed, and shamed. And what we did was we had Pip, who was on the call, who was just attacked just recently. She was like, oh my God, this is, it's been two days. I've been flustered over this. And it turns out she was 13 years old when this was happening and she was being, uh, she felt like she was being controlled and all that from her father. And this was an opportunity. We did a meditation for her to reconnect with that younger part of herself. But I wanted to write down a few things for you to, to five years old Gail, perfect. So here's what I wanted you to do. There's three things that I want you to know, and I want you to write these down, and somebody can kind of write it down. This is part of your training on dealing with some sort of you know backlash whenever you're getting that, how to deal with it, because it's incredibly painful. The first thing that I want you to get is, is that nothing that's happening right now is really about right now. So what they said about you or how they're talking about you or whatever is not about what's happening right now. It's not for them and for you. You're bringing up something, whatever you said or didn't said, say is bringing up something from their past just the same way as whatever they're saying is bringing up something from yours. Just knowing that allows you to remove the pressure, kind of like the rock off the garden hose, take off the pressure and just take a few rocks out of that backpack and go, okay, good. So it's not as personal as I think, okay? The second thing that I want you to get, there's four points that's not about what it's about, number one. Number two is this, is that speaking your truth, you might even wanna write this down if you can write it in the comment section. Number one, it's not about what it's about, okay? What is it really about? For them, it's not your concern what it's about for them. For you, I want you to put the oxygen mask on for you right now. So the question you wanna ask is how old do I feel right now? Okay, so Gail, you just said five years old, perfect. Your work is to reconnect with the five-year-old inside of you, that's it. You have no responsibility outside of that. See, what we're doing is we're using the trigger instead of going out and attacking, we're going in and rescuing self. That's a different concept in a world. And I believe that if we all started doing this, there would be greater sense of regulation, more uh, understanding. There would be unity in our diversity if we could just do this, okay? So instead of going out and attacking, you go inside and you basically, it's not about what it's, how old do I feel right now? Okay, this isn't about what's happening now. I'm actually, this is my 15 year old self. It's tremendously helpful when you can do that, number one. Number two, I want you to write this down. Speaking your truth and sharing parts of your story when it's real, will bring up fear in those around you. Let me say that again. Speaking your truth, sharing intimate parts of your story will bring up fear in those around you. Your authentic truth, like there is nothing more triggering than the truth, okay? If you're bringing up something, if, I'm, if I say something and you get triggered, then it means that I'm bringing up a truth in you. If you start attacking me, 
You start calling me, and I got this a lot. Like I, I have, I put up Facebook, and I have Facebook ads. You wouldn't believe some of the shit that people will say, and with trolls, like. And by the way, there's a lot of people, a lot of my clients are like, I'm afraid of success. I'm afraid of success. I'm afraid that, you know, and it's very real because when you become successful and you put yourself out there, the higher up the higher up the uh, ladder that you climb, the more people are going to be able to see up your ass. <laughs> more people are going to be able to see your ass. So I had to experience this too, becoming successful. And I wouldn't consider myself like famous or a public figure at all, but I was in the public eye and then going through something embarrassing like a breakup and details of that coming out is highly embarrassing. Like it's incredibly shameful. Every fear that I've ever had, I've literally had to face like this and actually sit in it. So all of this is coming through from actually living it. And I really want to share this with you because many people stay stuck and they don't speak up. They don't step out of the cave because of fear of experiencing what I'm sharing with you. And I'm here to tell you, you will. Show me one person who has reached a level of fame, reached a level of success, who hasn't been attacked hardcore. Like somebody I look up to, like Jordan Peterson, for example. I truly believe that Jordan Peterson had had a nervous breakdown and became addicted to um, uh, clonazepam tranquilizers, probably to deal and cope with the amount of backlash he got from just speaking his truth. Even though he had tons of praise, he had tons of the opposite. And a year and a half, I literally watched his career go like this, and boy, did he piss off a lot of people from the left. Whew. Those lefties, if you're a lefty, you're the most triggered. <laughs> it just seems like, seems the most triggered people are the ones from the left. They were, who are all basically wounded people who have trauma. And they can't handle when somebody says something that brings up their past trauma. They start attacking the person who brings up the past trauma, which brings me to point number one. Nothing is about what it's about. Nothing is about what it's about. Still, it's painful. Right. Okay. So, uh, perfect. Number one is speaking your, sorry. Number two, speaking your truth, sharing intimate parts of your story will bring up fear in those around you. What if you knew that this is part of the journey, part of your hero's journey, Georgia, uh, uh, Georgia. Um, I, I really want you to get this. Are you still, I hope, hopefully, are you still on right now, Georgia? Because you have a powerful voice and you know that speaking it is going to maybe trigger people and ruffle feathers and that would be something that would keep somebody silent. I'm asking you to step up and take this on and learn how to become trigger proof because, you know, every messenger with a powerful message must contend with people who are wounded and are making their making what you're saying about their wounds. It's just a fact. I've had to deal with this on a daily basis. I get to deal with this. So number three, here's the key. This is the key. This is the big one. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our 
purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Okay. Our wounding can make us committed to misunderstanding another person. Let me say that again. Please write that down and I want you to take this in. Our wounding can make us committed to misunderstanding another person. Let me say that again. I'm gonna say it like 10 times because I just want you to drop in as I'm saying this and tell me what comes up for you. Our wounding, my past with my mother, for example, and my let's say I had a horrific experience with my mother, who's a narcissist, and I just feel so not seen and not heard by her, and I'm in a relationship with you in some form, and now you bring up the same shit that my mother brings up. My wounding with her can make me committed to misunderstanding you. Does that make sense? Our past wounding, can make us committed to misunderstanding another person, okay? Now, what opens up when you get this? Our wounding, wounding, can make us committed to misunderstanding another person. Our past wounding can make us committed to misunderstanding another person. What does that mean for you? Well, here's what it means. Have you ever been in a relationship where you were with somebody who no matter what you said, is committed to seeing you as the villain. That's basically gaslighting. That's what gaslighting is. And it happens both sides. The person who calls gaslighter, you're a narcissist who's gaslighting me. The person who says it is often committed to misunderstanding the other person just the same way as the person doing the gaslighting. It's happening both sides you can see it from an outside perspective but not when you're in deep in the wound there's a lot of ambulances going on outside my condo right now does that make sense please let me see this our wounding can make us committed to misunderstanding another person when you drop into that what opens up for you our wounding can make us committed to misunderstanding another person here's what it means for me it means when I go into a conversation with somebody and I'm being rational, but they're still coming back and attacking, there's this icky feeling that happens. When that happens, realize they're just committed to misunderstanding you. It's a wound and you don't need to engage anymore. How can you tell there's that icky feeling inside? You know what I mean? If I'm having a conversation with you and I'm genuinely curious, then you can feel it in my vocal, vocal expression, in my facial expression, in my body language, the way that I'm breathing. But if I'm committed to misunderstanding you, 
and anything you say I throw a label at you, then my wounds will have me committed to misunderstanding you. Please do not continue the conversation with me. It, it, it won't get you anywhere. The person commit, if you're committing, if you are still continuing to try to have a conversation with me, that's your childlike self wanting to be seen and heard. Let me say that again. If you continue to dialogue with me, even though I'm committed to misunderstanding you, that's actually your wounded child wanting to be seen and heard by mommy or daddy. Pretty mindfuck, pretty, pretty mindfucking, isn't it? <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> totally makes sense, makes me realize why I misunderstood my ex-husband for so long. PETA, exactly, you nailed it. And if you're just jumping on, hey Liv, if you're just jumping on right now, please go back and watch this because this is very powerful. So number, so, the first one is it's never about it's never about what it's about. Number two is speaking your truth, sharing intimate parts of your story will bring up fear in those around. Holy shit! Like, what's going on out here? Is like a fire or something? It's just it's what happens when you live right downtown. This is why I wanted to move to Victoria, but then it's working out that it's better for us to move downtown, live back here. So here we go. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear this, but I'm I can't I'm having a tough time uh, concentrating with all that outside. So number number three is here's the key. Number two is speaking our truth, sharing intimate parts of our story, will bring up fear in those around us. Totally normal. Please understand that. Number three is our wounding can make us committed to misunderstanding another person. How do you know when you're engaging in somebody in a debate? who's constantly coming back at you, there's that icky feeling, there's no point in you con continuing the conversation. If you continue the conversation, it's your wounded self trying to be seen. That's it. This is two people trying to be seen. Two people wounded that are in conflict, okay? So the last part, number four, this is the key. <laughs> I wish I would have known this the other day. Used to be Dusty and myself. Both of this did this. I can recognize when I did it. Doesn't so happen so much these days. Beautiful. You guys are doing the work. I love it. So number four, this is the last part, practicing self-care. This is the most important part. And this, I, I credit my last two years of the horrific challenges that I went through. The reason why I'm teaching you to become trigger-proof is because it was the gift, it was the blessing that happened over the last couple of years, which is the more that I can become trigger-proof to being misunderstood, the more powerful I become, okay? The more I can become trigger-proof to being misunderstood. In other words, trigger-proof is seriously, it's all it is, is your trigger-proof toolkit that you're gonna be learning through all of our programs and through all of these trainings is expanding the space between stimulus and response of being misunderstood. The more comfortable I become, truly not bypassing it, of being misunderstood, the more expansive my reach becomes. This is one of the things I said, if you're not ready for an audience of 1 million, unless you're ready for 500,000 of them to turn around and hate you. Let me say that again. You're not ready for a million followers unless you're ready for 500,000 people to come back and attack you and hate you. 
you're not ready, you can't grow. The only way is to trigger proof yourself and understand and learn and master the art and neuroscience of being misunderstood. And the way that you do that is by connecting with the young part of you that always felt that way and giving them the understanding rather than looking for it externally. Does that make sense? Practicing the art and neuroscience of being misunderstood. And so that's what everything is about. That's what the, our overview experience is about. On May the 31st, Sunday, May 31st, I'm going to be helping my clients plus a group of people who are really keen. It's my overview experience, a three-day event. I now did it. It's a five-hour event that's happening Sunday afternoon or Monday early morning for those of you in Australia. And what I'm doing is I'm taking a massive trigger where you've been feeling misunderstood, where you've been having conflict. It could be a relationship breakdown that just recently happened. It could be um, something that you really haven't gotten over. It's been five years. Or it could be you know, all of this COVID crisis that's happening. Through the body techniques of reconnection with your younger self and through cognitive methods and somatic methods together, you heal nervous system dysregulation, you resource yourself and you become unfuckwithable. You become more courageous in sharing your voice. You're able to take that inner voice that's like saying, who am I? I don't know what my voice is, to be able to speaking it, to be able to be able to, to be able to speak it powerfully, to be able to share it uh, with courage, and to be okay if not everybody gets you because you get you. And I truly believe that that's a skill that none of us have learned in school, but it's probably the greatest skill that we can learn. And it's probably the best skill to make a priority for, for you to learn in 2020 because I know you've always wanted to. You've always wanted to be that person that said, I wish I didn't care so much about what other people think. But I always wanted that too because I was obsessed with what other people thought. But nobody ever took us how to do that. And I studied John Martini's work, which takes past events and you're able to cognitively restructure it. But what about in the moment when somebody is calling you out and saying very hurtful things of the, the worst fear of, of the shit about you, you want nobody to know about and you have them all exposed right in your face. How are you going to love yourself through that? That's the holy grail of human existence. Because when you have that, all of a sudden, the context of all of your relationships change. You're no longer showing up needy of approval. You're showing up fully resourced and curious, looking to connect. So those are the four kind of tips. I know I said three, but I threw in an extra one. Number one, it's never about what it's about. Number two, okay, speaking your truth Sharing intimate parts of your story will bring up fear in those around you. That's just how it goes. Understand that. They're being triggered and it's their things. Okay? Number three, our wounding can make us committed to misunderstanding other people. Why? Because we feel so misunderstood. How can I understand you if I've completely misunderstood myself? But when I put the oxygen mask on myself and use the trigger-proof tools to put the oxygen mask and fully understand me, then all of a sudden, and empathize with me, then all of a sudden I'm curious about your perspective. 
and I can disagree with you and still love you and still be okay with myself. If I don't do that, then I only want to be around people who agree with me. I love you because you love what I love. Well, there's no growth in that. There's no healing in that. There's no, there's no growing up in that. That's just very juvenile. So when we feel someone's truly committed to misunderstanding us, you feel it and you don't have to engage. I no longer engage with somebody truly committed to misunderstanding me, but I notice myself wanting their approval and validation, but I don't have to engage in it unconsciously. This is you having choice. And number four, self-care is practicing the art and neuroscience of being misunderstood. The more I can sit in the feeling of mis being misunderstood, kind of like a cold bath, kind of like a cold shower, ice bath. You know, what do you do when the cold plunges? This is one of the things we get our clients to do, to do the cold plunge, turn on that cold water and sit there and feel the burn and go into your breath. Why is that important? Because that's what being misunderstood, being trigger proof to being misunderstood feels like. You're training your nervous system. It's a very powerful skill that you can learn. So hopefully that, uh, that answers you. Hey, Alessandro, what's up? Does that hopefully answer it? Are there, are there any questions? Are there any questions about this? Alessandro, you just jumped on. Make sure you go back and watch it. It is very powerful. We don't have to agree, and that's okay. And so I've been putting up these posts that are quite triggering to a lot of people, and people have been insulting me. They, they, it's gotten personal. If we, if we can just take on these tools, we can disagree, and then it doesn't have to get into personal attacks with one another. How about that? Wouldn't that be valuable in a time of crisis where we're all in this together, we don't have to agree, but when we disagree, we don't have to start fucking attacking one another and going into private life and your mama jokes, which aren't jokes. It's like, it's pretty intense. So that's really what I wanted to share tonight. Um, neuroscience, of, neuroscience of being misunderstood, Caleb, of being misunderstood. The better that I can be with myself when you misunderstand me, the more, the, the greater the trajectory of my life. Especially in a day of social media where everyone has, everyone's got an opinion. So this is what keeps a lot of people stuck. So um, just an FYI, if you haven't, have no idea what I'm talking about and don't know what that younger self is, wow, literally it's these, these ambulances and, and uh, fire trucks are going nonstop around me. Um, hopefully everybody's okay. Um, if, if you have been completely disconnected from that younger part of you and you want to learn how, we have our breathwork and badassery coming up in two Sundays from now. It is Sunday the, let me tell you right now, Sunday the 24th. It's only 20 bucks for those of you who aren't already in our mastermind group. Uh, and what we do is we start with an inner child meditation, the part of you that gets triggered, the part of you that, ab that gets abandoned. We go in and we drop in and I teach you how to reconnect with that younger part and practice the art of understanding you. And then we drop into breath work, which then brings up old traumas and allows you to move them through your body. It's a closest thing to a spiritual experience that you've experienced. And all it is, is just breath. <sighs> 
for an hour with a group of people, like 60, 70 people all over the planet. It's very powerful. I'm gonna drop a link down there. Uh, would love to have you join us. Um, and let me know if you have any questions. I'm happy to do uh, more content for you. So uh, see you tomorrow. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate. What I'd love for you to do is just scroll down this group uh, and see some of the videos. Fabian just shared his journey. He did a little 10-minute video about his journey through the work. Yanni, who I love, who just shared her story, listen to what's possible for you. Try to hear yourself in these people's stories who've been learning, their, like practicing and mastering their trigger-proof toolkit. It's not about being trigger-less. It's about taking responsibility because if you can widen the gap between stimulus and response, you have the capacity to create your life and create the hallmark of human existence, which I'd never experienced in my life, which is a secure attached relationship at home. And I don't care if you have billions of dollars at home, if you don't have a secure attachment, you don't have the full potential experience of life. It is your birthright. I will be training everything that I train here through this is for one purpose, is to help you create secure attachments. We're all as a community climbing that mountain of practicing the art of secure attachments. Uh, and I, I would love to take you with, you're, you're, you're coming along with me. And so I'd like for you to think of people who've been struggling with this and invite them into this group. We've had tremendous growth of people because this is a conversation worth having. And I'd love to in include uh, anybody here who's been struggling Ask me a question and I'm going to create free content every day to serve you all with the exact purpose and intention of bringing you back into yourself. So I'm going to leave with a little kind of awareness that I'd like to invite you into as you're sitting here listening to connect with your breath for a moment and listen to the sounds around you and notice any congestion in your body. Notice any tension that's happening in your face. All we have is this moment. Can you widen that gap between your experience, your senses and your, what's the word I'm looking for? Tangible connection with the present moment. Can you get into your body? Can you smell what's going on around you? What are the smells? What's the temperature of the air on your skin? Notice any points of anxiety in your body, any states of alarm, whether you feel it in your neck or your chest, and just put your hand on it for a moment. Tapping your chest, kind of like soothing yourself, saying, am I safe in this moment? Noticing you're on devices and your phone and computer, laptop. Try expanding your heart, opening your heart, going into breath, turning your hands this way and opening up. Noticing any clicks or cracks that happen while you open up, while you twist your arms this way and open up. Take a deep breath in. <sighs> Noticing the tension in your face, in your jaw. 
surrendering it, acknowledging I'm safe in this moment. As you notice, maybe you're holding your shoulders as earrings, maybe you're clenching your jaw. Surrendering that exhale, taking three deep diaphragmatic breaths, going up into the heart. Surrendering the exhale, all the effort goes in the inhale, do it again. One more time, and as you hold it up and surrender the exhale, notice your parasympathetic kicking in and your activated sympathetic just going down. You've now participated in self-regulation. You have access to that in every moment. But when I'm in my head and I'm in thought and I'm trying to think my way out of feeling problems, I don't have access to that. It all starts with the breath and going into your body. Beautiful. Send me a DM if you haven't yet seen our trigger-proof training, if you're new. Just send me a DM saying, I want the training. I have a 90-minute free training that anybody in this community, I give you a little promo code. It gets you free. It's Normally, it's 97. Um, it's a free training if you haven't seen it already. It's the steps that you need to take to learn how to become trigger-proof. It's 90 minutes. It's better than any Netflix that you can watch. You're going to take some notes and watch it and then send me a message letting me know what was relevant for you. If you have any questions, then guess what? I'm going to do a training for you here. This community is here. I'm here to serve you, to answer questions, uh, to give you content that's gonna bring you into your heart, into balance, into regulation. Why? Because when the new world emerges, because we're slowly getting back into reality, there will be opportunities that come uh, for people who are regulated enough to see them and to be able to serve other people in in a crisis of people that need you at your best. And so that's really what this conversation is about and I'm grateful that you're here, please do Uh, Invite other people that you know. Think of the people that you love and invite them in this group and tag them in this training if it's relevant. And just scroll down and look at all of the other trainings talking about secure attachments, anxious attachments, avoidance, um, criticism, that kind of thing. There's a ton of content in here for free. Uh, Please don't hesitate to to ask and I'd love to be there to serve you. Love the link for the 90-minute video, please. Uh, Yes. Absolutely, we can. I don't know. I think you already have it, but if you haven't, Debbie, send me a DM and I'll send you the link and then you'll get a uh, post. Actually, let me send it to you right now. If you haven't, drnema.com. Here it is, VW1, Virtual Workshop 1. And then the uh, promo code here is trigger proof. So you go, you go ahead like you're actually, there it is right there. You go ahead as though you're actually uh, going to pay, but then in the promo code, write all in low caps, trigger proof. There's the link right there. Watch it. It's free. Take notes. Send me a DM afterwards with your top three revelations with the things that you learned, the biggest takeaways that were relevant for you. And um, I'd love to chat with you. Or if you have a question, I'd love to write, do a training for you. So if you haven't watched this, go back to the beginning. This is a very relevant one, especially for those of you who are noticing a lot of fighting happening. This will hopefully answer it for you. Send me your biggest takeaways with this call, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.